You're listening to Hey Bitches Podcast, episode 120. Hey bitches, what is up you guys? It's your girl Carly. Welcome back to Hey Bitches Podcast. Hope you guys are having an incredible day. Today marks the last episode in our Pride Month episodes and I'm very excited because it's part two of how to be a better ally to the LGBTQ plus community. Like I recapped in the last episode, this is a new series called One Question, Many Answers and I have multiple people on here to share with you guys how you can be a better ally to the LGBTQ plus community regardless if you are like an, a straight identifying ally, or if you're just someone who is in the LGBTQ plus community and how to be a better ally to other people as well. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Next up, we have Yasmin on the podcast. I'm very excited to have you on. We were connected through our mutual friend and I'm excited to have you here. So I'd love for you to introduce yourself to the people. Okay. I, this is always the worst part. Why is this the worst part? Introduce yourself. Always. (laughs) I'm like, I'm so boring. I should find something exciting about myself. Um, Well, you said it. My name's Yasmin. Um, I think it's great that Michael connected us. Oh, me. Oh, my goodness. I'm in the construction industry. I've been married to my wife for Uh almost a year now. I'm like counting months, but it's going to be a year in October. Maybe she won't hear this. Um, yeah, and I have a 13-year-old son, and I live in Edmonton. I'm originally from Calgary, so. so oh, okay. Super yeah. fun. Cool. Well, everybody would- just drops off the podcast. <laughs> They're like, I don't know about that, but thank you. <laughs> but, you know, I'm really excited to have you on here um, to get your own take on this. And so the question today is, how do you think other people can be better allies to the LGBTQ plus community? I I love this question, and I will say, um, if you asked me this question six months ago, it'd probably be a pretty gentle answer. And now, fast forward six months, um, when we talk about allyship and allies, um, I feel like it's a bit more... We're in 2021. Everything that happened in the summer of 2020, like, we have to be a bit bold. Uh-huh. So in a lot of ways, and I think whether it's the LGBTQ plus community, whether it's the black community, whether it's the disabled community, whatever it is, we have to be more bold when we talk about like allyship. We have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And for a lot of years, I think those of us in the community have always had to be the ones being uncomfortable, right? Can we out ourselves when we're having a conversation? Are you an ally or do you just tolerate me? And now it's time to flip the script allies need to really look at themselves and answer this question. Am I truly an ally? You know, and you have to be prepared to accept if we tell you you're doing too much or you're not supporting me in the right way. That's like a big start for me with allies in terms of, you know, people saying like, I'm an ally. I'm like, okay, well tell me how. Um, And kind of the other part of this as well um, and something that I personally didn't think about until I was asked the question um, was you know when you're an ally are you an ally and asking the people that you're an ally to what can I do for you how can I help and what do you need me to do versus making the situation comfortable for myself right so in allies we tend to have we I say we but allies I mean I'm an ally too to other things but Um, we tend to have this savior complex um, in allyship where everyone's like, 
I'm here to help you. I'm here to save you. Like, <laughs> I don't need you to save me. Um, I need you to, you know, support me. I need you to be my accomplice. I need you to kind of be like, where are we driving the getaway car to? <laughs> like, where are we going? Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, people can be better allies by listening and, you know, not, um, kind of saying, oh yeah, I can relate to that. I hate that. I hate that statement. We're all kind of guilty of doing it, but I hate it, you know? So listen, utilize your privilege to support me. Your privilege is being, if you're a straight person, your privilege is being a white straight person, your privilege of being, if you're a white straight man, <laughs> that's privilege. And, you know, we really need allies to step up and utilize their privilege to support us, um, to support us in our movement and to stand by us, to rally the rest of the allies. And, you know, another big thing with being an ally is what are you doing behind closed doors? When nobody's looking, are you still, can you still say that you're an ally? And, you know, for myself, and I think anybody, um, we have to ask ourselves and internalize a lot of these uncomfortable conversations, a lot of these uncomfortable statements and really ask ourselves, are we an ally? Are we an accomplice or are we just doing it for that social presence? And the other thing is too, are you there for me the other 335 days of the year? Or are you only there for me June 1st to June 30th? Because if that's the case, you know, I don't need you. <laughs> we we don't we allies we want but we don't need you unless you're going to be there 365 days of the year absolutely I completely Hi. agree on that it's definitely something that we've seen a lot more of um over the past like year is performative allyship and all of that um I would love to go back to the point you said that if you're not supporting me in the right way or if you are I guess like almost screaming louder than the community I would love to kind of go back to that because that's like an overarching theme that we discussed during the Black History Month episodes mm -hmm. was that I feel like a lot of people kind of took on the personality trait of being an ally and then did all this research, which is great and fantastic, but then are try we're trying to just be the voice, you know? So I'd love to go back to that. Um, yeah, for sure. And I mean, before we go into that too, it, that I mean, you made a great point. Um, and one of the biggest things I can say to anybody who wants to be an ally, wants to be a better ally, is it is not the job of the minority to educate you on these movements. Um, so Google exists. You want to ask questions, not be malice. Hey, I'm here to support you. But it's not our job to like teach you all of this, right? But that on the flip side of that, Google is a scary tool because you can't believe everything that you read and sometimes it gets crazy but yeah the over the overstepping the over speaking is what out is a part of an ally making the space comfortable for you so i'm you think that you're doing great by like shouting it out you know if you're at a restaurant and somebody makes a comment and i don't even get a time to respond before you're kind of just going at it it's like your job as an accomplice is to be in the passenger seat. It's your job is to support me if I need it, but 
I need to tell you I need it. So being louder, overshadowing that is not helping any of us at all. It's actually kind of making it worse because if we're in a situation and I feel even more awkward or uncomfortable than I already do, you know, being a lesbian (laughs) out in public, that's not serving any purpose. And again, that's your comfortability and not my comfortability because, you know, it's like anything you get into a fight, use that defense mechanism to cope with that situation. And that's essentially what I feel like a lot of people are doing because they don't know and they're uncomfortable by our movements that they're shouting louder than the rest of us who, you know, what we truly need is just for you to be my, be my ride or die, be my support, be my person who's there. And I will tell you if I need you. And, you know, after I've spoken, if, you know, I'm defending myself, of course, step in, support, reiterate what I'm saying, but don't overshadow me because you're doing exactly what we've had our entire lives and confirming that we're the minority, we're in the shadows, and everybody else is the majority that's out there with the sunshine and shining. You, you get that every single day. So to do that to any minority and to any movement is not allyship. It's, it's showing your privilege rather than utilizing your privilege, I guess. Absolutely. <laughs> I, <take> I, <laughs> I know. I think like all of this has been such good takes and also like broken down in a really good way that is very concise because this is the whole point of these episodes. Like, I feel like a lot of people um, are either like, fuck yeah, let's do it. Like I'm going to be an ally and like turn into kind of like not as not helpful. Or there's people who are like, I want to be an ally and I can just say that I have gay friends. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, uh, or, or put a pin on, right? Like I put a pin on, I'm an ally. And you're like, Oh, there's actually, um, amazing doctor out of the States, Dr. D.L. Stewart. And they, they speak to this consistently where it's kind of like, you know, allies, you know, you're great. You go out, you put a pin on, of course, like I appreciate you because you don't come at me and you, you show that kind of support and there's a little love in your heart. But then on the flip side, if that's all you're doing, uh, there's not much. And I, I mean, it, it's kind of, I feel like it might be a controversial approach to it. And, you know, and at the end of the day, when I said at the beginning, as allies, you have to kind of be prepared to have your feelings hurt a little bit when we say enough. That's not what I need. You're not supporting me. This doesn't make me feel comfortable. Or, when you know, so you have to also be prepared for this conversation that basically says, you know, you kind of make a decision. You need to need to pick if you truly are an ally or you know you're just hey I support the LGBTQ plus community and you know I love is love like hey that's great too but then that's what you are and allyship and accomplice are completely to the left Uh and those are the things you have to do to try and get there and those of course we want you on our train come on let's go (laughs) (laughs) I love I love that point that you just made that you can, this also kind of goes back to where you were like, do you actually support me or do you just tolerate me? And uh, I think that's a really interesting point because you can be somebody who shows up and just is like, love is love, but like, I'm just going to be over here. You know what I mean? And yeah. there are people who are genuinely allies, which is, you know, all that we can hope for. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's all that any of us can 
right? Hope for and want. But the other thing is too, and we don't want to, I don't want to downplay allies at all because again, they're great. And I I don't want to downplay anybody. Obviously if you lead with malice, like, yeah, you know what? Maybe you should go step in a closet for 10 years and see what that feels like, you know, because that's how I kind of feel and please don't show up. But again, we need all those kinds of people because the other thing is too, even if you're somebody who wants to step, sit in the background and the movement of being an ally and all that, isn't really for you, but you're still like, love is love. We need those people too, because they're raising our next generation. And that's what we need is everybody to be on board of educating our children that, you know, love is love, especially now where we're at in 2021 is not where we were even five years ago, where we have people of such young ages coming into their own and we need to create these safe spaces. We didn't have these. I'm not even that old. I'm turning 34. I didn't grow up in a space that made me able to have conversations around questioning my sexuality about understanding all this. And that's not a dig to my parents. They did a great job. That just wasn't how they were raised. So we need to raise that next generation where you can just have those conversations. And you know, if you don't know how to have them, the best thing you can do for your children, and this is being an ally to them, is go find the answers and find somebody who can help you. And that's all we can really ask for. And that's, you know, the other part of it. We need those people. We don't need you holding the flags and coming out to our parades. We want it, but we need you to do, we need you as much in that back end because those children are our next generation. And, you know, again, this is why, this is why we still show up for pride in hopes that the next generation looks up to us and goes, you're happy. <laughs> Married. I can be that. I can be that someday because I will tell you at 16, I didn't think I could be that someday. Absolutely. Which is which is why I'm so happy that you came on here to share all of that. I think this was a really, really good episode. No, but it was really good. <laughs> it was really good. So before we go, I would love for you to share with the people where they can find you. Um, if you're working on anything you would like to share, I would love for you to plug yourself. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you can always find me on Instagram. It's YSFergie. So that's mainly my main platform. I am on LinkedIn too, Yasmin Fergie Amos. That's generally where a lot of what I support happens mostly on LinkedIn. So I encourage people to definitely find me on there. And yeah, I don't know. I'm working on working on something and I just don't know where it's going to lead. But as soon as I do know, it'll be on one of those platforms. (laughs) Okay, perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Of course. Thanks for talking. Next up, we have my friend Jordan on the podcast, our (laughs) self-proclaimed official co-host of Hey Bitches. Jordan, welcome. I would love for you to introduce yourself to the people. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Uh, My name is Jordan. Like you said, I am the official co-host um, of this podcast, which I'm very excited about. Carly, we still need to talk like money and salary. I'm going to need a corner office. Um, but until then, um, <laughs> I am Jordan. I am a Toronto-based uh, content creator. Um, most of my contest focuses around, you know, being queer, uh, you know, body positivity, um, mental health. And my full-time job is actually in influencer marketing. I recently founded my own agency called The Thunder Agency. And we do influencer talent management um, and influencer marketing and social media, trying to give opportunities to those creators who are sometimes overlooked, um, who may not have had the access to opportunities that other people have had. 
I love that. Jordan's agency is signed a bunch of my friends and I love that. I love seeing everybody work together and hang out. I think it's so fun. I'm very excited to have you on the podcast though, because I think you and me are like the same type of type of like chaotic energy. (laughs) And uh, I would agree with that. (laughs) I completely agree. Um, But I'm really excited today. So the question of this episode, which I would love for you to share with the audience is how do you think other people can be better allies to the LGBTQ plus community? You know what? I think that that's such an important question. And I think a question that a lot of people don't ask themselves enough when it comes to any sort of marginalized group. Um, I would say, you know, right off the top, the best thing that you can do is to obviously educate yourself and immerse yourself in conversations that are happening. Um, you know, it's a conversation I had with a couple members of my family a little while ago. I'm like, I'm the only queer person here. I bring the laughs. I bring the life to the party. The least y'all can do is read some articles about what's going on. So, you know, I think the best thing that people can do is make sure that they know what's going on, make sure that they know the issues that people in the community um, are facing, you know, read up on local politicians and decision makers and make sure that you're aligning yourself with people who have their best interests at heart. Um, You know, know what's going on, check in with the people in your life who are part of the community. You know, there are a lot of times that stuff, you know, there's stuff in the news that happens and it affects me. And, you know, there's nothing I appreciate more than when people outside of the community reach out to me and ask me how I'm doing. Um, You know, it's not, always necessary, but it's appreciated. And it shows that you are visible to them and that they are continually thinking about you, um, you know, and accepting of, you know, that thing that makes you so different. Um, And I think, you know, the other part, which is equally, if not more important, I think the best thing that you can do for an ally or to be an ally is to recognize the intersectionalities within the community itself. And I, and that goes for people within the community as well, recognizing, you know, that um, the struggles faced by a cisgendered white gay man are not at all the same that as the struggles that are faced by, you know, trans people or, um, you know, black trans people or trans people of color or indigenous two-spirited people. Um, And I think that, you know, recognizing that those intersectionalities exist and that, you know, your struggle, even though you're part of the community, is not the same as someone else's struggle, you know, is an important aspect to existing outside of the community, but also within the community. I love that you brought that up because that's something that we briefly touched on in one of these interviews as well, is that you can be an ally within the community. Because there are so many different types of sexualities, identities, XYZs that, you know, like you said, the struggles that you face as like a white cisgendered gay man is completely different than the struggles, like you said, like a two-spirit indigenous person would face or a black trans person. And so I think that is like a really good point that you brought up because it's something that I think when people hear the word ally, they um, automatically equate it to like the cis normative straight people. (laughs) And they're like, yes, 100%. 
But yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah, there's there's so many different ways, I guess, to identify as an ally, even within the own, our own community. Yeah, it's more than just having your bachelorette party at a gay bar. It's about, you know, knowing the history and, you know, recognizing and celebrating, um, you know, the black and brown trans women who paved the way for all of us, you know? And so it's, it's, it's so complex and the history of the community is so complex and there's so many layers and so many communities within the community and so many intersections that, um, you know, you can't call yourself an ally if you're only focusing on that one, you know, that one kind of small section of it, because that's what, I don't know, popular culture or media shows as being acceptable. Absolutely. And I think, yeah, that's a very, very good point because (laughs) it's funny that you brought up the bachelorette at a gay bar because I think that's like really a lot of the mainstream gayness that we see, right? Like we see absolutely hot lesbian couples or like, (laughs) is it really even hot lesbian couples? A lot of the time it's like sexually suggestive women that who are not actually gay in like the media and like in movie characters and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. that we see a lot of. And then, you know, then we see a lot of um, very outlandish, very, you know, in your face, very character, like that one vein of like gay men. Yes. And the people are like, oh, well, that's it. (laughs) Yeah, no, exactly. The uh, cis white gay men who fit that aesthetic, whose bodies are, you know, not quote unquote offensive to look at. And you like, you know, they, they're not fat, they're not bigger bodied, they're not different bodied. They look exactly like what makes everyone feel so quote unquote comfortable, right? And I think that's another thing as well is like consume media created by queer people and um, queer people of color, right? Consume that media, you know, help them get that bag right? Support them. I think that's a great um, thing to bring up. And I would love to talk about it a little bit more because I think that last year, a lot of people have came to the understanding of like under representation um, in minority groups, be that ethnic or in our, our case, um, sexual as well. And I think that it's really important to actually support people like, on the things that they are doing, you know what I mean? So I would love to kind of talk a little bit more about that um, and how you think different ways that allies can support people who are not, I guess, support everybody, but like at how to like, I guess, go out of their way and support people who maybe don't have the same visibility or representation as like a mainstream, the the media's mainstream gay people. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, everybody has their own circle of influence, right? And, you know, as a white person, my circle of influence is different than, you know, for my boyfriend, for example, who's a person of color, who's East Asian. And so when there are issues that come up or conversations that need to be had or, you know, anything that can really kind of help change people's opinions or educate them, I think it's up to everybody to kind of, you know, share that knowledge Um, And even if you feel as if you aren't getting through to people or people don't care, using your circle of influence, you know, as I called it, I think is 
validating for a lot of people. It helps bring visibility. Um, so, you know, any way that you can show up for people to support them, whether that's, you know, say they're an Instagram content creator sharing their post, you know, you're sharing that post. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, counted as one share, which is great, but you're also exposing this person to all the people who follow you who may not otherwise have seen them. Right. So that expands their network. Um, you know, if you can support them monetarily, then do that. Um, I think as well, what's important, you know, is finding ways to give back to the community, right? If you are a white person making money off of, for example, a black creator, then find ways to take that income that you have made off of that person's work. Um, you know, whether or not they're like, maybe you're their agent or their publicist or something like that. Take that money that you've gotten from them as part of your work and put it back into the black community, um, you know, through organizations like Black Lives Matter or, you know, local initiatives like that. I think um, that's the least that, you know, white people can do, um, you know, uh, the very least that they can do. Uh, you know, it's definitely something. I completely agree. And I'm very happy that you brought that up because it definitely is a conversation that needs to be had obviously in the context of race and all of that, but also in the context of sexuality, it just, you know, there's so many layers to it and they all mesh together. And I'm very happy that we're having this conversation specifically, because this is like a new take that nobody's talked about yet. Oh, amazing. As the podcast official co-host, I, I pride myself on bringing that value information and that kind of new fun insight. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 How could I forget? <laughs> of course. My bad, my bad. Um, so Jordan, before you go and before we wrap up this episode, I would love for you to share with the people where they can find you, how they can support you, anything that you're working on right now. I would love for you to plug yourself. Oh my goodness. Oh God, wow. Um, yeah, you know what? If you want to send me PayPal e-transfers, that's always accepted. Um, Starbucks gift cards. No, I'm totally kidding. You can edit that out. <laughs> Um, you can find me on Instagram at Jordan D'Amico. Most of my social platforms are at Jordan D'Amico, um, except for TikTok because somebody already took that handle, but it may have been me and I forgot my password. Um, you can also find my agency and the work that we're doing on social at the Thunder Agency or the thethunderagency.com. Incredible. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. I think this was a great conversation. I'm very excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much. This is my first podcast ever. So I'm feeling very honored that it's with you. Oh my God. I love that. All right, you guys. Next up, we have another special guest on the podcast. I would love for you to share with the people who you are, introduce yourself, and also share with them um, how you identify. Okay. So hi, everyone. My name is Jyoti Rubral. I am 20 years old, living in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, which is pretty sick. I'm right now in university at Ryerson University. I'm in my going into my third year actually now. Um, and I identify as bisexual. I'm also an athlete on the Rams varsity volleyball team. Oh my God. That's so, I, I didn't know that. That's so fun. <laughs> yeah, totally fun. Oh my God. Amazing. Okay, so I'm excited to have you on here today because the question of the episode is, you know, how can people be better allies to the LGBTQ plus community in your opinion? Yeah, that's a great question. It's such a large question as well. Like there's so many aspects and so many different things you can talk about in terms of being a better ally. And I think 
the biggest thing though is showing up through actions. So what I mean by that is like, if someone is saying something or like saying something like that's so gay, which we hear all the time still, even though it's like one of the most common phrases that we talk about not saying, Mm -hmm. like stop that person and tell them it's not okay to say that. Take action when you hear things like that or like biphobic language, like transphobic language, anything like that, like actively try and stop what's happening and don't just like stand on the sides and be another bystander kind of thing. Absolutely. I think that is like such an overarching theme for so many um, marginalized communities that essentially just aren't like your typical straight white (laughs) communities. Um, Is that it it, uh, definitely, it means so much like when people do, you know, it sucks that they have to like defend you for like basic human decency, but you know, it, as an ally, it really does a lot because at the end of the day, um, I think I've, I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but like people listen to people that they are comfortable listening to. And like, if people are transphobic or biphobic or X, Y, Z, they're not going to care. Like if you were telling them like, Hey, you shouldn't do that versus like, they'll care a lot more if it's somebody who was like similar to them being like, hey, you actually shouldn't do that. Yeah, no, exactly. It's like the same thing when you're talking about um, like mis- like people say misogynistic things or just like making jokes about like women and stuff like that. Like other guys need to step up and stand up for the women and it can't just always be coming from the women. It's the same concept because they're not just, they're not going to listen. Absolutely. And I, I'm very happy that you brought that up. It's, this is kind of like an overarching theme that I've heard from the multitudes of people that I really have spoken to in this entire month. But I love that we're having this conversation again, because really actually sticking up for someone and not just being like, I'm an ally. And then just like, (laughs) that's, that's that on that is really important. Yeah. And I know we also see a lot of problems, especially with bigger, larger companies. Like there's a difference between allyship and just performative activism, which I know we've also been talking about a lot in 2021. Um, And like the LGBTQ community has a lot of companies coming after them with this performative talk and all this kind of stuff. Like Chick-fil-A, I think someone had messaged me saying they saw a Chick-fil-A ad that was like love is love and like pro-LGBTQ, yet the person who started Chick-fil-A and like the CEO is super transphobic. And I'm like, "Mm, it's very performative and it it really sucks to see. I think that is a really good uh, topic to bring up because that's something that we see so much month, I don't want to say even month over month, just like the month of June year over year is um, something called pride washing for you guys listening who are unaware, but essentially that's what it is. It's literally like for the month appeasing, quote unquote, the gay community by like changing everything to the rainbow flag and then for the rest of the 11 months of the year being like, eh. Exactly. And also, can we talk about how everyone just assumes that to cater to the LGBTQ audience, you have to have like a rainbow flag or rainbow theme for everything? Yes, like, literally. I, it's like, you don't actually have to do that. <laughs> I'm like, I can be bi and not wear a rainbow 24-7. Thank you very much. <laughs> it, it literally, exactly. And I think it's so funny because you make a really good point. It's funny. I haven't had this conversation yet, but like you don't have to literally have rainbow marketing everything to be like, yes, we support the LGBTQ plus community. There's like a place in our city who um, all year round is like really vocal and great. And I think that is like the best way to do it. Right. Like 
because besides that, like you said, it's just performative activism. Yeah. And like, it goes back to there's like, you have to back up all your talk and all your words with actions. And so instead of marketing with all these rainbow flags and like for one month of the year, just pretending that you're super inclusive, why don't you even put your money where your mouth is and donate to LGBTQ uh, different foundations and charities and communities that need the help and like put your money where your mouth is. I love that. I think that that is a really good point as well. A lot of people are like, you know, it's not to say that just being like an ally and like, you know, obviously standing up for people when you see injustice and all that is great, but there are so many other ways, right. That you can help like as also not even just like as an ally, right. Like there's so many other ways that you can help just even as like somebody who is within the LGBTQ LGBTQ plus community who can help other people who are perhaps more marginalized within the community than like your current sexuality or sexual identity type of thing. Cause that's like also a big thing. Oh, it really is. I know there's a lot of gatekeeping that I found within the LGBTQ community and like, especially being bi, there's like, people are always like, Oh, you're just like, not like out yet as like lesbian or like gay. And like, I'm just like, "Mm, no, actually I'm still bi. And like people hitting you up, they're like, oh, so you like girls and guys and like make jokes about threesomes. I'm like, that's just, it's just not it. Like, stop, please. (laughs) You know? Absolutely. I think that is like such a big one um, that we really talked about in like the bisexual episode because I feel like everybody hears that all the time. It's always like, a, oh, like you could be seeing a guy and it's like, oh, like you're into girls too. We should have a three, like there's so much or that like bisexuality is like the gateway drug (laughs) to becoming a lesbian. And it's just like, no, I could just, (laughs) I could just be here and it's fine. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, I'll stay where I am. Thank you very much. But um, you do you go for it. Um, keep, I know I just like, it's frustrating when it's coming within the LGBTQ community though. And like, I think our community, we need to be better allies to each other because the number of times that I have heard that you're just not out yet as really gay or like guys are just, they're like specifically with guys, actually, they hear it more than women do about they're just not fully out as being gay when they're bi. I think we need to stop gatekeeping within our own community before other people can you know take us more seriously I guess in that sense I completely agree with that I like I said this episode is really designed to um I guess just have like a whole new thought process on what allyship really means and I love that we're having this kind of conversation because it does really count being an ally within the community as well and so you know, like you said, bisexual men hear all of the time, like, oh, like, you're just not gay, or you just haven't come out yet type of thing, as, like, people who are secure in their sexualities and whatnot, like, we also have to, like, stick up for people like that, and just be like, hey, just let them be, and, like, also, like, have the education, educational pieces on that as well, too, right, like, when you speak on bisexuality, bisexuality or you speak about like the LGBTQ plus community, like bringing those types of awarenesses, even from within the community, because, you know, it sucks to say, but there's a lot of still like, you know, judgment even within it. Oh, totally. I know from personal experiences, like the amount of people who are just like, oh, so you're bi. And I'm just like, even just like the tone of voice that they use when they say that, whether they're within our LGBTQ LGBTQ community or not, like, it's like that tone of voice is like, yeah, is, do, do you have a problem with that? Like, I like, 
it's the small stuff like that even that can like change the way that your relationship is with that person in terms of them being an ally for you. And I think that's also huge. It's like, it's, it's almost like a microaggression towards LGBTQ people. Yeah, I can totally see how that would be because it, uh, <laughs> it like, I mean, it, it's not me saying that I, I guess I can't see it. It literally just is. <laughs> I totally, totally get that. And it's sucky. Like it sucks that that's what other people are dealing with within a community that they are supposed to feel safe in. So I'm happy that you brought that up. Yeah. And I think, I think part of that comes from privilege. I think we have this, there's like a heteronormative idea of what a gay person or someone within the LGBTQ community can and cannot be. And even though it's become like people have become a lot more accepting than they used to be of our community. I think that they're still basing and stereotyping off of that one gay person that they know, or that idea of what a gay person should be and stuff like that. And I think acknowledging that there is, there's, there's a lot of privilege within the LGBTQ community as well, that, that, that stereotype is based off of a white gay person. And I think we need to take the time to educate each other on why we're using that as our stereotype, why there is that stereotype in the first place. I completely agree on that. It's something that we did have, I had this like similar conversation with a friend um, right before this as well, that, you know, the media gives us like white, gay, flamboyant, super over the, like, which is not to say that there's not gay men like that, because there definitely is, but like, it's the only thing we see realistically in the media is like the gay best friend or like the super flamboyant outlandish gay designer in a movie like you know what I mean there's always the (laughs) like the stereotypical gay and it just is you know it's not like that for everyone no it's definitely not the reality that everyone lives in I don't know if you saw Netflix released a trailer for a like a cartoon type show and it's on LGBTQ superheroes Um, I don't know if you've seen it or not but it literally lives up to that exact stereotype. And it is so frustrating because that is not the representation that we need. And if we want people to become better allies, we need better representation in mainstream media formats that people are going to pay attention to, like a Netflix show. I didn't know that, but you're absolutely correct. It definitely comes down to, you know, like you said, representation and normalize it sucks to even say that normalizing the that there's many different parts to sexuality is not just like the part that like the people feel comfortable with seeing on their tvs yeah no I learned that through I think someone posted on instagram this morning and I was like what is this show it was it was just every single stereotype that you could think of that like the top 10 stereotypes when you think of the LGBTQ community with all of their rainbows and I think they're all dressed in different colors of the rainbow and stuff too is in that one show Uh, I I could not it was horrible like I appreciate the effort but that is not what we need I completely agree (laughs) which is so wild but yeah no I I completely agree Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate that. This was a really great episode and I'm very happy to have you. Um, but before we go, I would love for you to share with the audience where they can find you, anything that you're working on, they can support you with. Go ahead and plug yourself. 
Oh, amazing. Um, so I am on Instagram. My at is jruperel, which is J-R-U-P-A-R-E-L-L. I know it's a little confusing to spell. Um, and I will be hopefully on the court this season playing with the Rams if we have a season um, because of COVID. And yeah, no, I, apart from that, I'm just here advocating for, you know, body positivity, just being you, finding your happiness and how to authentically live your life. So yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. That is it for today's episode. I really hope you guys enjoyed it. If you did, make sure to screenshot this episode and share it over on Instagram and tag me at Hey Bitches Podcast. I would absolutely love to chat shit with you guys in the DMs about today's episode. Before you go, please make sure to do two things. One, make sure to head to the show notes and check out all of the incredible speakers on this episode. And two, make sure to subscribe to Hey Bitches wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you are an Apple Podcast listener, make sure to give the show a five-star rating and review. It really does help me out and I would really appreciate it. I love you guys so much. I hope you guys have an incredible day. And for now, bye-bye, bitch.